There's a guy called Alan Jackson. He's an American country singing legend. He has sold more than 80 million records and received numerous awards for his music. He's recorded over 20 albums with two gospel albums, one of which was the best-selling Christian album of 2006. But a while ago, he released a song that said this. Have a listen to this. Now, I'm not going to say anything about the type of music or the style of music. That might be your type of music. If that's the case, then you're entitled to that that view. But, did you hear the words? Did they sound right to you? Now, I think we'd all agree that it would be nice if we all just acted like one big happy family in this world. Wouldn't that be great if we could all just get along like that? But is it true that we really are all God's children? Despite what we believe or how we act, are we all children of God? Well, not according to Jesus. Yes, the Bible is clear. We've been all created by God. We belong to God because we were made by Him and for Him. And God loves us all and He longs for all of us to be in a relationship with Him. But Jesus said that we're not all God's children. And the the, the first people who heard Jesus say that, they were just as shocked and just as outraged as people might be today. So we're going to read from John chapter 8, just picking up from where we left off last week, or, or two weeks ago it was, And we're going to read down to verse 47. So John chapter 8, verse 38, down to verse 47. This is Jesus saying, speaking. I am telling you what I have seen in my Father's presence. And you do what you have heard from your father. Abraham is our father, they answered. If you were Abraham's children, said Jesus, then you would do the things Abraham did. As it is, you're determined to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God. Abraham did not do such things. You are doing the things your own father does. We are not illegitimate children, they they protested. The only father we have is God himself. Jesus said to them, If God were your father, you would love me. For I come, I came from God, and now I'm here. I have not come on my own, but He sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you're unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil. 
And you want to carry out your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Yet because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Can any of you prove me guilty of sin? If I am telling the truth, why don't you believe me? He who belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. The Jewish people that Jesus was speaking to here, they thought of themselves as God's children. When Jesus questioned who their father was, they said, Abraham is our father. And to some extent, this was just a matter of fact. As the people of Israel, they were the physical descendants of Abraham. The great, 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 great grandchildren of Abraham. Abraham was the father of their nation. But when they said this, they were not just stating their biological ancestry. They were claiming Abraham as their spiritual father. And we thought about that last time. How Abraham had been brought into a right relationship with God through his faith. Genesis 15 and 6 says this. Abraham believed the Lord and he credited it to him as righteousness. Abraham accepted God's word and trusted in God's promise and in response to that faith God completely forgave his sin and declared him righteous in his sight. And so in their minds because Abraham was their forefather and because they were circumcised as a symbol of their membership of of the, the covenant community And because they followed the laws given to Moses, then this meant that they too were in a right relationship with God. And so they protested. We are not illegitimate children. The only father we have is God himself. They firmly believed that they were children of God. They firmly thought that they were members of his family. That they were in a right relationship with God. But Jesus disagreed with this. Yes, they were the physical descendants of Abraham, but they were not his spiritual descendants. They were not living in a right relationship with God. And at the end of the passage, Jesus said these shocking words to them. You do not belong to God. And if you go into the book of Romans, you'll see this truth repeated by Paul. So, for example, in Romans chapter 2, verse 28, Paul says this, A man is not a Jew if he is only one outwardly. Not his circumcision, merely outward and physical. Being able to trace your ancestry right back to Abraham does not guarantee that you're connected to God. So what this means is that we're not all automatically children of God. 
Some people are children of God. But some people, like the ones that Jesus was speaking to here, are not. And not only that, there are some people, like those Jews, who think and claim to be children of God. But they're not. Race, religious ceremonies, and even respectability of lifestyle does not guarantee that we are part of God's family, that we are children of God. And that's really important for us to know. Because if we're not children of God, then we're in real trouble. Especially because of what Jesus said the alternative was. Jesus didn't only tell his listeners that they were not children of God, he also said these shocking words to them. You belong to your father, the devil. In the Bible, people are just divided into two groups. And we're either part of one or the other. We're either members of God's kingdom, connected to God, accepted by God, adopted into his family. Or we're in Satan's kingdom, trapped in the dominion of darkness. And that has incredibly serious consequences. If that was true of us, then it would mean that we would be, as Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 2, that we would be separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope, and without God in this world. If we're not in God's kingdom, then we are lost right now. But it would also mean that we would be headed for a lost eternity. In his explanation of his parable of the weeds and the wheat. This is what Jesus said about those who he describes as in that parable as the sons of the evil one. He says about on the day of judgment, they will throw them into the fiery furnace. Where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Jesus speaks a lot about that reality. About the the lostness of those who are outside of God's family. He is not shy in talking about hell. In fact, some people say that Jesus spoke more about hell than he does about heaven. I've not checked that out. You can check that out if you want. So Jesus speaks about this because he warns us of the seriousness of this issue. So it's absolutely crucial For each and every one of us to know whether we are a child of God or a child of Satan. Whether we're in God's kingdom or whether we're still in that dominion of darkness. But knowing which we are in isn't as simple as you might think. These Jews that Jesus was speaking to, they didn't think that they were children of Satan. They weren't trying to follow Satan. They weren't engaging in satanic rituals. They they weren't going to a satanic temple or doing all of that kind of stuff. These Jews that Jesus was speaking to here, they were deeply religious people. They were sincere. They were good living people we would describe today. 
They would have had really high moral standards. But like these false teachers, like the false teachers that Paul warned about to Timothy, they were deceiving and being deceived. They were deceiving others and they were also being deceived themselves. Why is that? Well, it's because Satan is a liar. Jesus said that when Satan lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar. My native language is English. It really is. Even though it has it with a, with a, a Scottish accent, it still is English. still counts. So when I speak, I always speak English. You might get one word of Polish, I think I've learned over all these years. Sometimes I can remember the right Irish response to when Tommy speaks to me. Usually it's just blank and it goes, and I just look at him blankly. Uh, Obrigado is what I learned when I was in Poland, eh, Poland, Portugal last week. It was one word that says thank you. Uh, I'm really bad at languages. So my native language is English, so that's what I speak. When Satan speaks, he always lies. He always distorts the truth. He always twists the facts. He always misrepresents reality. He always rejects God's word. That's just his native language. In fact, Jesus describes him as the father of lies. He is the ultimate source of lies in this world. If you trace all of the lies in this world back, you'll eventually get to the source. And it's Satan. And we can see that if we go right back to the Garden of Eden. There Satan began by questioning God's word. When he spoke to Eve, he said, Did God really say? That wasn't a question of honest inquiry. That was one that expressed a deep defiance against God. Did God really say? And then this was followed by exaggerating God's commands. Suggesting that God had said to Adam and Eve that you must not eat from any tree in the garden. Instead of that garden being a place of bountiful provision and extensive freedom with only one tiny limitation. Satan was trying to make it out to be a place of unreasonable and unacceptable restriction. And as Eve was slowly being pulled into this lie, Satan then openly contradicted God's warning. He said that if they rebelled against God, you will not surely die. In verse 4 of Genesis 3. And then finally, he completely distorted God's purpose and will. And he says, for, when, when, for God knows that when you eat of it, Your eyes will be opened. You will be like God, knowing good and evil. He made it out to appear as if God was trying to keep Eve down. Prevent her from experiencing something great. If she ate of that tree, she would know good and evil. And she would be like God. And in many ways, nothing really has changed. 
Because Satan still uses those exact same strategies today. Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. He tries to act as if he's, be, he's acting on our behalf. So he questions God's word, encouraging us to defy what God had said. He exaggerates God's commands, trying to make us feel restricted and oppressed by them. He contradicts God's warning, telling us that we can sin and get away with it. And he distorts God's will, making us feel as if God is keeping his best from us. But it's all a lie. Satan offers satisfaction, but he always disappoints. He promises life to the full, but instead he destroys it. He claims to bring light and life, but instead he brings darkness and death. That's why Jesus says he was a murderer from the beginning. His deception led to the death of Adam and Eve and countless billions since then. And so if Satan is so good at deception, how can we really know if we are children of God? If he's so good at deceiving us, how are we ever going to be sure if we are a child of God or not? Well, Jesus in this passage gives us that assurance. He gives us those tests so that we can test ourselves. Not so that we're, we stay in that place of, I'm not really sure, but so we can be absolutely sure, so that we can be guaranteed, so we can be confident, so we can have that peace in our mind. So he said to the Jews, verse 39 of our chapter, if you were Abraham's children, then you would do the things Abraham did. But he said that wasn't the case. Instead, you do the things your own father does. So what Jesus was saying was, their actions are revealing who they belong to. Who we are is revealed by what we do. It's a principle we can see right throughout the Bible. Jesus talks about, by their fruit you will know them. A bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree produces good fruit. For example, in this passage we see, who we are is revealed by how we respond to God's truth. So Jesus said in verse 47, He who belongs to God hears what God says. Abraham, he listened to God. He accepted the truth from God. And so one of the characteristics of those who belong to God is that they are eager to listen to God's word. That's what we saw earlier in John chapter 8, verse 31. If you hold to my teaching, then you're really my disciples. Those who belong to God are those who accept Jesus' teaching, who value it, who treasure it, who love it, who learn it, and then who seek to live it out. It's one of the defining characteristics of somebody who's a follower of Jesus. But these Jews here, they refused to do it. They rejected 
Jesus' teaching. They criticized Jesus' teaching. They ridiculed Jesus' teaching. And next week we're going to see even the, the extent of which they did that. Their ears were closed. They refused to listen to Jesus. And Jesus said, the reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. In fact, he said to them, you, you, you are unable to hear what I say. Can you imagine it? They had the greatest of all teachers right in front of them. And yet they were unable to hear or accept his words. They thought they knew better than the Lord Jesus Christ. It was as if their ears were blocked. It just wasn't getting through. And the Bible says that this is the work of Satan in the minds of everyone who's an unbeliever. The God of this age has blinded the minds of the unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. So they are deceived by Satan. And they readily accept his lies rather than accept the wonderful truth of Christ. You ever been in that situation where you've shared the, the, the truth of the gospel with somebody? And, and you can see that it's just not getting in. It's just that they can't see it. It's as if they're, they're blind to it. That their ears are blocked. That just doesn't penetrate. So who we are is revealed by how we, we, whether we accept God's truth or whether we listen to, God, to Satan's lies. But secondly, it's also revealed by how we respond to that truth. Abraham, he didn't just listen to God. He put his faith in God. And it was that faith that brought him into God's family. As we read earlier, Abram believed the Lord and he credited it to him as righteousness. Abram believed the Lord. He responded to the truth of God. And it's the same for us. Jesus came to rescue us from Satan and bring us into God's family. That's his mission. And he accomplished it by this cross. There's this wonderful verse in Colossians chapter 2 about how Jesus disarmed the powers and authorities. He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. The cross is God's, it is Christ's victory over evil. Satan is powerful in this world, but he has been defeated already by Christ on the cross. And so all we need to do in order to be brought into God's family is to put our faith in Jesus as our Saviour and Lord. This is what John wrote at the start of his Gospel. To those who believed in his name, to those who who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Those who accepted Jesus, those who received him, those who believed him, God gave them the right to become something they weren't before. The right to become children of God. And so if we have done this this morning, if we have put our trust in Jesus, if we have accepted him by faith as the forgiver of our sins and the leader of our lives, then like Paul, we can celebrate That he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness. 
And he's brought us into the kingdom of the Son. He loves. This is the wonderful reality of God's salvation. But the people that Jesus was speaking to here, this hadn't happened. They were still in that dominion of darkness. They were still children of Satan because they refused to believe in Jesus. Jesus said to them, verse 45, you do not believe me. They didn't put their faith in Jesus as the forgiver of their sins and the leader of their lives. They did not trust in him as the rescuer and the redeemer. And so they remained in that dominion of darkness. They remained separated from God. So that's the second point. Who we are is revealed by whether we've put our faith in Jesus or not. And so in the end, this incredibly crucial question all boils down to what have we done with Jesus? What is our response to Jesus? What do we think about Jesus? Jesus said in verse 42, If God were your Father, you would love me, for I came from God. Jesus is the Son of God. The image of the invisible God. The exact representation of His being. And so if we belong to God, then we will love Jesus. But if we don't love Jesus, then we don't belong to God. Some of the people in the crowd that day hated Jesus. Jesus said to them, in verse 40, you're determined to kill me. A man who's told you the truth that I heard from God. Abraham did not do such things. Their attitude showed that they were not children of Abraham. Jesus said in the next section of this chapter, we'll look at next week, that Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing his day. But they didn't rejoice at seeing Jesus' day. They wanted to kill him. They wanted to get Jesus out of their lives. They, wanted, they didn't accept him as their king. They were like their father, the devil, who was a murderer from the beginning. So who we are is revealed by what we do. Who we are is revealed by what we do. By whether we listen to God's truth or Satan's lies. By whether we put our faith in God's Son or refuse to believe. Whether we love God's Son or whether we want Him out of our lives. So that song that we listened to at the beginning is not true at all. We're not all God's children. Some are still children of Satan. So we mustn't be deceived. We need to know whose child we are. Because our eternal destiny rests upon this question. But just finally, we also need to know this, the answer to this question. We also need to know this truth. Because there are so many people around us who like the people that Jesus was speaking to today. They are living under a false assumption. 
Do you think that maybe because of their upbringing or because of their background or because of their religious activities or because of their good living or because they think in the end all roads lead to God anyway? They think that they belong to God. They think that they are God's children. And so if we care about them at all, then even if people don't like what we are saying, even if people might ridicule us and reject us for it, as we'll see next week especially, we need to keep on going out with this truth. That on our own we're all lost. And we're all heading to a lost eternity. But that Jesus came. He came to rescue us. And he came to bring us into God's 